Welcome to the official broadcast of Life Fellowship Ministries in Kima, Texas. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Be sure to visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. All right. Do you ever have one of those mornings where you, it's just a morning? <laughs> Well, it's been one of those mornings. We got here this morning, and none of the microphones would work. And I, you know, thank you, Lord. We have we found one that will work. And I don't know why this one works and the other ones don't. But anyway, it's working. We have one that works, so uh, we're thankful for that. And uh, you know, we we sang uh, the heart of worship this morning, and it really is all about Him. Unfortunately, there's a lot of other stuff that has to happen on a Sunday morning, and sometimes there can be a lot of distractions and a lot of things that can cause our attention to be off of the Lord. And, and sometimes I think that, uh, you know, the enemy doesn't like what's going on. And I, I know uh, Pastor Christine alluded to some problems we had one other time. And uh, this morning I'm teaching on a topic that is really, really critical to our relationship and to this faith. And I'm going to be teaching on the Word, the Word of God. And um, the Word says of itself that the Word of God is alive and powerful. And so I may spend a couple of weeks talking about the Word because the Word is so powerful. It's alive, and it's what we have as a roadmap, and it's what, we have, what God has given to us to help us. The Word of God is not only the written Word and communicated by words that we can read and understand, but the Word is alive and powerful. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is alive and powerful. The word, of, uh, the word of God is life-giving. It is life-changing. And as we read the Word, and have you, I know you have experiences where you read the Word of God, and maybe there's a phrase or a word even that just jumps off the page at you, and you're like, wow, this is, this is speaking to me. And so that's the power of the Word of God. Genesis 1, verses 1 through 5 and verse 14 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2, the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And I know we've talked about the Scripture in the past, but many times when we read the Word of God, it's so easy just to read over things and read past things without taking into account what the Word of God was really saying. And God said, let there be light, and there was life. And so God was speaking, speaking the word, and things were happening. He was creating through the word of his voice. He said, let there be light, and there was light. Sometimes I would like to speak forth, let there be a T-bone steak right in front of me, and there would be a T-bone steak. And that's the power of the word of God. And so he was speaking forth, in his power, in his authority, and he spoke light into existence. Verse 4, and God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God, God called the light day and the darkness night, and evening passed, and morning came, making the first day. And, and I'm not going to read all of Genesis, but let's skip down to verse 14. Then God said, let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, and years. 
And so we see that God spoke light into existence before he spoke the moon and the stars into existence and the sun. Before he spoke those things into existence, he had already spoken forth light. So when we begin to try to grasp and understand the depth of God, I mean, it's amazing. I don't think that we can fully comprehend his power. And uh, he's given us his word to help us and to encourage us. And there's power in, in our words. God's word is powerful, creative, and life-giving. And so it's important that we memorize the, the word of God, that we know the word of God, so that we can speak forth the word of God in our own lives. And we can, we can remind ourselves of his promises. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And, and so when we're going through things or when someone else is going through something, we can begin to speak the word of God over them. We can begin to proclaim the promises of God. You notice when Jesus was being tempted in the desert, what did he do? He answered every accusation or everything that Satan threw at him with the word of God. He quoted the word of God. And so there's power in the word of God. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. And we know that we are created in God's image. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But we are also a three-part being. We're body, soul, and spirit. And our soul being our mind, our will, our intellect, our passions, our emotions, those kinds of things that make us an individual. And so the Word of God can separate between the soul, between our soulish realm, and between our spiritual man. And so when we come to the Lord, our spirit man gets saved. And, and so we begin to commune with God through our spirit. But we have to, many times, the things that we're uh, uh, communicating or the the way that we're connecting through the Lord is filtered through our soul, our mind, our will, our passions, and those kinds of things. And so the word, and we've been talking about this on Wednesday night. Let me put in a plug for Wednesday night. You need to come on Wednesday night. But we've been talking about the the soul, and, and our soul needs to be saved. Our mind, you know, we need to be transformed. That's why Romans 12, 2, I love that scripture. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And so God is doing something when we come to him and when we give our lives to him. He's doing something in our soulish realm. He's changing our heart. He's changing our perspective. He's changing our life. Because the word of God is washing over us and we're yielding to him and he's doing something in our mind and in our soul. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Verse 12 continues, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. What does? The word. The word is we read the word. Have you ever been reading the word or reading a scripture and boom, it's like, like a two by four to the side of the head. It's like, wow, I get that now. I can understand now maybe why I'm having some struggles or I can understand how uh, God is moving in my life because he's directing me to call someone and pray for them. And I see that I've, I've called at the right time and it's been a powerful uh, uh, witness or it's been a, a powerful experience where God has moved in my life. And so when we look at the word of God, it exposes, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. That can be a good thing. Wow, 
Wow, I, I, I thank you, Lord, for revealing that to me. It can also be a convicting thing where, oh, wow, Lord, I know that I'm not walking like I should, or I know that you're showing me something here that maybe I've misunderstood in your word. Because God, will, it's alive and powerful. And so he's going to continue to reveal things to us through his word. The word says that that the word is line upon line and precept upon precept. And so as we begin to read the word, we can read a scripture on this level and we can say, oh, okay, I get this. I, I can really grasp this. And then maybe we go back and read it again and there's expanded depth to the scripture and to the word. And so the word is alive and powerful. It doesn't negate what we understood the first time we read it, but it's an expansion. And so the word of God is alive and powerful and it's and it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. So my first point this morning is the Word of God is alive and powerful. The second point is the Bible is God's inspired Word to us. It is the standard for a Christ-filled life. And so we know that there's one author of the Bible, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was speaking to men who penned the Bible. But it's the standard for our life. Jesus left instructions for us. He told us what to do. And you know the scripture, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus said, all authority in heaven, uh, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then he said, teach these new disciples to obey all that I've taught you and know that I'll be with you to the ends of the age. And so Christ gave us a mandate. He gave us a commission. He gave us a job to do. He said, go to all the nations, train up and equip and make disciples, teach them all that I've taught you, all that's in the word. How can we be teaching people the word of God if we don't have it within us? And, and again, it's not that we should do this on a ritualistic, legalistic approach, but we should want to grow in our relationship with him. And as we do, as we read the word, there's things that happen in our lives. God begins to change our hearts and lives. God begins to speak to us about situations. God begins to speak to us about us and things around us. So Jesus left us instructions and I can tell you that we are having it. We're doing this. We're going to the nations. We're supporting missionaries. And we're supporting uh, the ministry going on in Israel. Every month, every month, we send $1,000 to support the work where there are people in Israel that are, are bringing the gospel to the Jewish nation. And we've been doing that for, what, four years, four or five years? Every month. And so we are investing in the ministry that's going forth, and Jews are getting saved. They're they're coming to realize that Jesus is the Messiah. And yes, praise the Lord, it's awesome that we get to be a part of that. And so through your tithes and offerings, we are able to do that. And then we support missionaries, and, and we've, we've been to third world countries where we get the, have the opportunity to minister to and train up and help train and equip other pastors that are influencing hundreds or maybe thousands of other people. And so that's what Jesus called us to do. And in a couple of months, we're going to have the sunrise service at the chemo boardwalk. 
We've been having 600 people show up. Many of those people are not saved. Many of those people don't have a relationship with Jesus. But we are bringing the light, the gospel of Christ to Kima. So God is using us in many ways to not only impact the local community, but also globally on whatever level we can. God hasn't asked us to save the world, but he has asked us to do what we can do. And I'm so thankful for your support that we are able to do that. And one day, I think that we will get to see the fruit of our labor. When we see people that have gotten saved because maybe we weren't in Africa, but we were supporting people in Africa. We weren't in Israel, but we were supporting people that were taking the gospel and building churches and ministering to people over there. God has a special place in his heart for all of us, but there's a, definitely a special place that he has for Israel. And the word says, to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. And so that's why we are so intent on, on helping the Jews come to this truth. So Paul is writing uh, to his son in the faith, Timothy, and he, he is training and equipping and releasing Timothy to shepherd and pastor the church of Ephesus. So let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. And Paul is, is telling Timothy, all scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Imagine highways with no speed limit signs. <laughs> it's crazy enough as it is, right? But we have speed limit signs to help us know where the boundaries are. And so God has boundaries. that He says if you stay within these boundaries, it's good. He has laws that, uh, that help us. If I take this mic and drop it, what's going to happen? It's going to fall. There are physical laws that, and there are spiritual laws. And so as we follow the, the, uh, the physical laws, we know that we have to, right, because they're not going to change. But are we following the spiritual laws that God has put in place? He says, if you will do these things, you will be blessed. If you do these things, it's not going to go well for you. And so God has set up boundaries, and he's, he's given us teachers. He's given us the Word of God itself. He's given us the Bible to help us. He's given us the Holy Spirit to help us and lead us and guide us into all truth. But we are not robots. We have a choice to obey or not. We have a choice to take the Word of God and live this thing out or not. So he is, he is wanting to train, Paul is wanting to train up and equip Timothy and uh, to develop, he, he's desirous that, uh, that we get the Word of God because the Word of God is a roadmap for our life. It's a manual for our life. And uh, there are spiritual and practical keys that are, that are found in the Word of God. There are keys for marriage. There are keys for uh, raising your children. There are keys for handling conflict. There are keys in there that relate to our lives. There are keys in there to develop godly, healthy relationships with the Lord and others. So if we, if we, if we need some help, we can go to the manual and we can look and see what the Word of God says. If you're having conflict, go to Matthew 18. It says if you've got a problem with someone... Go to everyone else and tell them about it. <laughs> oh, no, that's just what we do. It says go to that person and talk to them. 
You know, if you've got a problem with someone, go talk to them. And then if they won't listen or you can't get anywhere or you, there's still conflict, take a couple of people with you and go talk to them. And then if, if you still can't get anywhere, then bring it to the church and have the church leaders deal with it. But there are things in the Bible that are really, really practical to help us with our marriage, with our children, with conflict, with this relationship with him and with one another. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Verse 16 continues, it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Because we can all get off the rails. We, we all need some, some uh, correction or recalibration in our lives. And so we can look at the Word of God and we can say, wait a minute. This is what the Word says, and I'm not following what the Word tells me to do. It's no wonder my, my life is a wreck. It's no wonder that these things are happening. So the problems that we face, there are answers for those, those problems. And it's the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us. It's His Word that given to us that we can read. I'm thankful for parents that teach right from wrong. <laughs> I was fortunate to, to have parents that taught me right from, from wrong to the best of their ability. And I see some parents that, that don't correct, bring correction to their children. You're doing your children a disservice by not correcting them. And we all need correction sometimes. And uh, I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us into all truth. I'm thank you for friends and mentors and people that can speak into our life. Not just speak anything into our life, but speak the Word of God into our life. That love us enough to say, hey, wait a minute. What you're doing is not good. It doesn't line up with the Word of God. How you're acting is not good. The, the things that you're saying are not good. Why? Because we should love one another, love one another enough to, to speak honestly with love and with grace. And I'm so thankful that, that there are people in our lives that will help us and mentors that, that we can learn from, that can example this life. Because we should, be, uh, we should have a Paul in our lives, somebody that's training and teaching us, and we should have Timothys in our lives, somebody that we're mentoring and training up and equipping. So we're always growing, but we're also always teaching others. How do children learn? Example, example, example. What does our witness say out in the world? We can talk about it all day long, but what are we living? What are we exampling? What are people seeing in our life? I'm thankful for Jesus paying the ransom and debt for my sins. He paid it all. I'm thankful for the Word of God that teaches me and brings correction to me when I begin to drift off. The word connects us when we are, uh, it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Verse 17, God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So the word of God is preparing us and equipping us to do every good work. And this Greek word for good work is agathos. It means as uh, good as to the believer, 
So good work for the believer. It also means what originates from God and is empowered by him in our life through faith. And so God is working in our life through faith. And we talked about faith a couple of weeks ago. And, and we said faith uh, comes from hearing, and hearing comes from the Word of God. So it's the Word of God that we hear and that we grasp that helps build our faith. So there's a, a connection there between faith and the Word of God. So the Word teaches us truth to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Now, we can reject that. Have you ever had somebody, your spouse or somebody come up to you and you say, and, and you kind of know that they're about to tell you something that you don't want to hear. It's like, uh, excuse me, honey, you know, the other day, and you're like, oh, great. Well, here it comes. Here it comes. I don't know what it is. And then, then you get kind of nervous, and then sometimes they say something you don't think they're going to say. They say, that was really good what you did. And you're like, ah, oh, I thought I did something wrong. But sometimes they'll come to you and they'll say, honey, you remember the other day when you said that? That, that really didn't come across very nice. And you go, ah, oh, I knew it. I knew it. And you're right. You're right. I shouldn't have said it like that. And uh, I'm sorry that I said that if it was to them or whatever. But, but we need people in our life that love us enough to speak honestly and, and bring correction. And so the Word teaches us uh, what is wrong in our lives. The Word brings correction and shows us what is right. So, hey, the Word of God is, brings us to this place sometimes of convicting us and uh, and, and it will never condemn us. I'm not, there's a difference between condemnation and conviction, right? The word, of not, uh, the word of God is not condemning us, but it will bring conviction. Just like that person that loves you that says, hey, you know, when you said that, it really wasn't very good, and you get convicted, and you're like, ah, you're right. And so the Word of God brings correction and shows us what is right. The Word prepares and equips us to do every good work. Because God has put us here on this earth, not just to go to school or go to work or do our, our mundane things, but to have this relationship with him and then involve others in our life that we can help, that we can invest in, that we can build relationships with, and then also can come into this relationship with the Lord. So the Word of God is like a, a standard operating procedure. If you worked in the plants or if you worked in a place where they have SOPs, you know what those are. So those are standard operating procedures, and they give you certain procedures that you need to follow for safety purposes and to accomplish the work uh, correctly. Uh, it's a safety manual. The Word of God is a life map. And uh, this manual, this Word of God is a manual to help us, but only if we read it and understand it. Because how many, how many people do you know, or maybe this has happened to you, you have a 25-pound Bible sitting on the coffee table that never gets opened. It looks great once you dust the dust off of it, knock the dust off. But are you opening it up and reading it? And then, more importantly, are you understanding what you're reading? And so I don't know the number of people Pastor Christine has gone to Mardell's with to help them find a Bible that they can read. Because it's important that we not only read the Word of God, but that we understand the Word. And so that's the, one of the reasons I teach out of the New Living Translation, because it's a, an easy translation to understand and read. And some people will say, well, the only real Bible is the, the King James Version. <laughs> 
And if you speak old English, you know, maybe you can get some of that. But the the key is and and when we look at translations, the the original text was written in Hebrew and Greek. And so if you really want to understand the Bible, then you probably need to understand Greek and Hebrew, and you probably need to go live in Israel for a few years so you understand their culture. And so when we look at the translations of the Bible, it's being translated from Hebrew and Greek to English. And so sometimes there can be some different words, but, but it's all accurate. It's all good. But I encourage you to sometimes read different translations so you get a broader picture of what the Word is saying. Um, so the Word of God is, is available to help us if we read it and understand it. Women, have you ever experienced this? Where your husband is putting something together, and uh, you're like, "Honey, here's the manual." He's like, "I don't, I don't need that thing." And they're putting it together, and they're working, and you're just kind of watching. And and the next thing you know, they're taking things apart. Honey, well, do you know where that manual is? Well, I threw it in the trash. Do you want me to get it for you? Yeah, please. Because how many times do we try to do something and we don't follow the instructions? We don't think we need the manual. How much more important is the manual for our life? <laughs> we don't want to have to do a bunch of redos in our life. It's one thing to take apart a piece of furniture from Ikea and put it back together five times. But it's, it's another thing to, to crash and burn in our life and, and make decisions that are not only impacting us but our children that can impact our grandchildren, our great, 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 great grandchildren. So we're looking at a destiny. We're looking at the legacy that we're leaving behind. And God has given us a manual. He said, oh, hey, it's right here. Just pick it up and read it. Or have you ever gotten a manual, men or women, and you're like, what? And you're like, that doesn't even make any sense. So there's two elements of it here. Are you reading the manual? Do you understand the manual? Can you grasp it? And that's why Wednesday nights are so vital and important because we're digging down into the Word of God and we're discussing it and we're talking about it. So the Word of God is alive and powerful. The Bible is God's inspired Word to us. It is the standard for a Christ-filled life. We should know the Word of God so we can go out and live it. James 1, 22 through 25. Uh, you know, some of the scriptures you've heard numerous times, and there's uh, a strategic reason for that, because I want us to get these scriptures down in us. Romans 12, 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's such a powerful scripture. This one here in James 1, 22 through 25. But don't just listen to God's word, period. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says, Period. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. Has that ever happened to you? Are we just glancing over the word of God? 
Or, oh yeah, that's a nice little scripture. Are we living the Word of God? Are we implementing the Word of God in our life? Because otherwise, it's just kind of looking at ourselves in the mirror as we, as we walk by, and then we forget what we look like. And so, as we read the Word of God, we need to let that uh, ingest and form in our life. We need to let that go down deep into our heart and get a hold of it. And I know that we have daily devotionals, and I know that we're reading Scripture on a daily basis, many of us, and I'm guilty of it too. Sometimes I'm just reading to read. I can't tell you what I've, what I've read, but I, hey, I finished what I needed to read today. But that doesn't do us much good if we're not taking time to absorb and let the Holy Spirit speak to us and then take that Word of God and live that out in a practical manner. You must do what it says, otherwise you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the Word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look intently, if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. He's saying, listen, I have the roadmap for you. I have the instruction manual for you. I have the Word of God that can help you on a daily basis in your marriage with, with your situations. But it's up to us to take the time to read it and then absorb the Word of God. We need to live it. We need to uh, live what we say we believe or be quiet. Let our lives speak of the Word of God that's in us. Let our lives speak of the love of God that is in us, that God has placed in our hearts and lives to have this relationship with him and to love and uh, uh, help other people because people don't want to hear about it, see people that live this thing out. And I think that's one of the things that I love so much about this church There's the love of God that's in this place, the love that you have for one another that you express for the Lord, but that you express and live out for each other. That is, that's living it. Well, let's stand, and if we'll just stand and uh, bless one another with this uh, blessing, Arianic Arianic blessing uh, that the Lord gave to Moses, that the Lord gave to Moses to to give to Aaron. Okay, so let's recite this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Amen. And I want to challenge you, as always, make a difference in the world around you. Go out and live it. Amen. Thank you for tuning into our broadcast. For more information, be sure to find us at our website at www.lifefellowship.me or call us at 832-864-2800. Have a great week, and remember to live it. God bless you.